experience your love and your acceptance. Thank you that there's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ. Because we're no longer subject to the law of sin and death, but subject to the law of spirit, of life. Thank you, Lord, this morning that you come and revitalize us and energize us and lift us up. We just surrender to you this morning. Amen. Please take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand. It's part of our worship. That which you want to worship the Lord and honor Him with your, with your possessions. Just leave that and just give that to the Lord this morning. We're going to pray over that. Father, we thank you so much. for your provision. Lord, thank you that we can be dependent upon you and that you are a good father that will supply our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That we do not have to fret and have to worry about what we'll wear and where we'll stay and what we'll eat because our father will provide. Lord, thank you for your promises. Jesus name. Amen. You can take up the offering. Last night I was speaking to my sons and talking to them and you know if they get an income what they'll do and what's going to happen. What's the first expense? Because we have to transfer our belief system to our children. Okay, you need to be intentional, you need to be active about that because the world is purposely trying to transfer their belief system to your children. And they are succeeding far better than we are. Far better. You say, well, okay, that's not in my house the truth. Well, go look. Go look how very few. Go look at the movies that they watch. How, they, how there's a dishonor in the movies towards parents and elders. You know how I pick it up? Do you know how I pick it up? They'll greet you. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If my dad was alive and my child greeted him, hello, you know what would have happened? You would see time fly. <laughs> One child against wall. Because there's no hello, ni. Hello, Uncle Walker. That's, sorry, it's just a bit of Afrikaans. You know, I know the English, they see it a little bit different. But there's a, there's a hot attitude of honor. And, the, and it's, it comes from what they're watching. Or does it come from you as parent? If it doesn't come from the, what they're watching, then it comes from the parent. And then I immediately know, well, look at the dishonor in the parent's heart. I can see it in the child. So I was speaking to my sons. So we have to trans, con, uh, um, transfer our values. I was speaking to my sons last night about, you know, they have an income. What's the first thing? And eventually they came to the place where they said, the tithing is the thing. And that's very good. Tithing is very good. Knowing what to do is called 
knowledge. Hello? Knowing what to do is called knowledge. Doing what you know what to do is called wisdom. Knowing what to do, that's knowledge. Actually doing it, that's wisdom. And what's the beginning of wisdom? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So this morning I want to talk about entanglement and how we can get entangled and our lives going to entangle us. And I just love how this is coming together. Is that if I associate with people and I get entangled with people that do not fear the Lord, okay, there's no wisdom there, thus there's no life there. Are you following? Yes, they can prosper. They can do financially well. Their families can be happy. But that's not life. That's existence. Life is to have eternal life. That's life. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. You're just existing on this earth. There's a death that will come to all of us, but there's a second death that will come to those who do not have Jesus. Can I ask you to, to stand, please, Norman Ronnie? Yes, you know what? I want to honor you. You know, coming from Transvaal, the, the, the Indian guys, they stay separate. And the, the whiteies, they stay over here. So there's not a lot of mingling between the two. And when I came down here, it was a, such a challenge for me. It, it really was a challenge for me. Until I had supper with you guys. And I want to honor you. You know what? Your, your, your humility is something that just broke me. And gave me, it opened my heart so much to Indian people. I want to honor you. Thank you so much. And, and I, you know, we, we, I want to tell the congregation, I want to tell the audience, we sat in that, because you're building your own place and you're not finished with the house yet when we came there. And everybody's there in the double garage where you're staying. That's your house. And you're building with your own two hands. And you just lost your job. Remember, you just lost your job. And I think you just had your operation for your throat. And, and I'll never forget it. We were sitting there, and, and you guys bought a two-liter Coke, and you bought, a, you bought a cake. And it was for our family. And you were not going to have of it. And that broke me. The humility in that, the, the honor that you bestowed on, on me and my wife and my kids was so, it, it, it broke me. It opened my heart completely to see the value in that. And at that time, you were telling me that you were, you were selling bananas, smosing. And I thought to myself, Lord, I don't have what this man has. There's something of pride in me that needs to break, Lord. I cried all the way home. You can ask my wife. I cried myself to sleep that night. And I want to honor you. And God, it's, it's just, and I want to give you a prophetic word. But I know the Lord. And the Lord works like this. He exalts the people that humble themselves. He's got more grace towards those that humble themselves. There's a higher reward. You are deemed in the Spirit far more than you think you are. Far more. And God sees you. 
He sees your humbleness. He sees your heart. He sees the purity that you have there. You've been this congregation for many, many, many years. You're some of the oldest congregational members in this church. I want to honor you this morning. I would like to be entangled with people like you more. Father, we just stick out your hands to them. Father, we just want to bless them this morning. Lord, that you would do open doors that no one can close and close doors that no one can open. Lord, and the torture that they have experienced, that it will cease in Jesus' name. The struggles that they've had, that it would cease, Lord, because your word says that you will level the mountains and raise the valleys for those. Father, thank you that we can bless them this morning. We want to bless them with the choice of your blessings upon their life. That there would be a change, Lord. That their children would know you and their grandchildren would know you. Father, their house where they stay, their house that they've built with their own hands, will become a lighthouse in their neighborhood, drawing people to you. That there would be something about your spirit on that property, on their lives, Lord, that would displace darkness, that no crime and no enemy, Lord, that Psalm 91 would be such a reality where they walk. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you may sit. Excuse me if I jump around a little bit this morning. Luke, we go to Luke 3. At the same time, it's Luke 3 verse 1. And at the same time, I want you to be at Matthew 14, verse 1. Because I'm, I just want to show you something this morning from the Scripture. I'm very excited about this. No, I can't find Luke 3. I'm like Luke 110. Let's, Luke 3. So Matthew 14 starts and says, At that time, Herod. At that time. I want to so go, go to Luke 3. Verse 1, this is the time. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, okay, Caesar was like the king. Under the king, you had different hierarchical positions. The first one in this area was Pilate, governor of Judah. Okay, listen, let's read this together. Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetriarch of Galilee. Tetriarch is somebody that rules over a quarter of an area. Eh? Governor. Well, yeah, okay, any case. You've lost me now. Herod being tetriarch of Galilee. His brother Philip. Tetriarch, I want you to see this. This is a governor over a quarter of an area. So Herod has got Galilee. Galilee. No, okay. That's Afrikaans and English mixing, mixing there. His brother Philip, Tetriarch of Ituria. I don't know if you can pronounce that. That's my best. And another region. So he's got another quarter that he's reigning over. The region of Traconitas. Is that good enough for you? Good. Okay. Fantastic. And then there's another guy, Licinius, tetriarch of Abilene. 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 
Okay, no four quarters. This is the time. So I want you, what you want you to see is that there's a hierarchical thing, and there are two brothers, two brothers, both sons of Herod the Great. The one son by Cleopatra of Ethiopia, that is Philip, and the other son by a lady called M A L T H A. S-E, Maltese, 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 Poodle. Let's just go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and these two brothers, man, this is where we are. Okay, so let's go back to Matthew 14. So Matthew 14 is actually our text 1 to uh, 12, but I want to read it rather from Mark 6. It's the same story. It's exactly the same. Mark 6 just gives us more six. Um, I'm paging here so I can just see that I'm at the right verse. It's from verse 14. Now King Herod, they called him king. It is, it is a common thing and he also tried to be king and try to get more uh, um, areas because of his father, Herod the Great. So there was a commonality of calling the Tetrarch king as well. And Jesus calls this man a fox. In Luke 13, 32, he tells the people, he says, Jesus said, you go tell that fox, this is what I'm doing. All right. Meaning he's a cunning person. So he's very cunning. All right. So now King Herod heard of him. That's a capital H, Jesus. For his name, Jesus had become well known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. It's just strange. The Herodians, because this is where Herod, the, the, the Herodians, they were against the Jews, just like the Romans. They wanted to get rid of the Jews and get them out of their way. Um, and the righteousness or the message or the gospel that come from the children of God will offend the other nations. So the Jews were offenses to the Romans and the Herodians. They, they had the tithes, all the tithes. Hated them because these people had a blessing upon their life. They were dwelling in a desert where everybody thought they're going to die, and they prospered, 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 and prospered. And so Herodes, um, King Herod, this is his name is um, actually Antipas. It's Herod Antipas. That's his name, Antipas. And the other Herod is Philip. Okay, so he wanted to get rid of the Jews. And he wanted to get rid of their message of the gospel. And he wanted to become a little bit more important than he thought he is. So what he did is he took his brother, Philip. That's the son of, Alexander, of Herod the Great and Cleopatra of Egypt. He took his wife. Okay, The minute he took his wife, why did he take his wife? His brother was doing better. There is jealousy happening here. 
He was in charge of two areas. So there's a political thing, a political motive to get, to get this woman because she was a very strategic political marriage. But what he didn't reckon on, the minute he got married to her, her father came and gave him a whipping and destroyed his army. So Antipas, Herod Antipas, the guy that's over Galilee, his army shrunk, his status shrunk, everything shrunk. And now John the Baptist came out and said to him, John the Baptist has risen from the dead and therefore the powers are at work in him. Others said it's Elijah and others said it's a prophet or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded because he has risen from the dead. You see, John came, and why did he behead John? This is For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias. This is Philip's wife. Okay? He took his wife and he said to him, Listen, sir, what you are doing is wrong. That's your brother's wife. You can't be staying with her and treating her like your own wife. You just can't do that. It's wrong. Do you guys agree with that? I mean, he didn't even divorce her. Or Philip didn't even divorce her. He just took the man's wife. Come, you can be my blay. And I, I don't know how that works. But you know, good luck to the guy that just wants to take your wife. Eh? <laughs> so I'm not going to do anything. I just know my missus is going to panel beat you. So I boerfrou gaan slaan met die face. I'm sorry, bro. Okay. For Herod's Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias, that's the woman, held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. Now, she is a type of Jezebel. Did you know that? It's the first thing, she was also a priestly thing for, for the Herodians. Okay? And she came with a whole different teaching. And she wanted and wanted and wanted. And she wanted to isolate the man of God, which is John the Baptist. He wanted to kill John the Baptist. The same as Eli uh, uh, Jezebel did to Elijah. If you go back in the Bible and you go read that. But I don't want to focus on it. I want to talk about entanglement. The entanglement of sin. You see, the first thing that happened here is that Antipas became jealous on his brother. He had jealous on his wife. His wife was better looking than his wife or he wanted that wife. And there were two, he was more successful in business. So I want you to see these are high flyers, high flying people, people with a lot of money, people that they seem successful. They seem life is comfortable. They seem they, they're doing well. How many times are we not envious of people that are successful? that are doing well you see but they're getting entangled because sin entangles us and it starts entrapping us and it puts its arms around and so you might think but it's you know it's just this just a bit of jealousy just a bit of envy just look at that guy you know they're doing so well and it can be just a little bit of that and the next thing there's something more there's maybe a bitterness that steps in. And the enemy's got his claw in because sin entraps. 
It lures you deeper and deeper and deeper in like a trap. And eventually you're in the hold of it and you cannot get out. So Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John. Now Herod put John in jail, knowing that he was a just and holy man and he protected him. So he, he, he wanted John silent to stop calling out and shame him. You see, sin will lead to shame. Okay? Sin will lead to shame. You might get away with it, but some other time, if you get, when you get caught, not if, when, you get caught out, you'll be embarrassed about that sin. And you'll have to deal with that embarrassment. Now what, what he did is, Antipas took John, he put him in jail. The woman is aggrieved. Well, she was, no, you don't talk against a man's woman, eh? But this woman is sitting on top of his head. So he puts this man in jail to protect him from this wife that he's taken. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Herodas, Antipas, sorry, Antipas, listened to John. He would went to go and visit him in jail and get wisdom and off him because he's a man of God. He's a prophet. He's, so he would, but it put him one side and he gladly went to him. Then an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for the nobles, the high officers and the chief men of Galilee, the area that he was ruling. So the rich man, men of the area, the property owners, the business owners of the area, he had his birthday party, invited all these high flyers. So, gentlemen, come, this is a men's only party. It wasn't for women, it was a men's only party. You men come here. And when Herodias' daughter, her name was Salome, that's now the daughter of Philip and Herodian. Herodias. This lady's name is Herodias. Now, Philip, that is. Antipas's brother, the other. So this is his brother's daughter. His brother's daughter, if you want to get it like that, very clear. Okay. I do, but it's a half, he's a half brother. Okay. Um, and when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod. This is somebody of noble cause, noble blood. It is the granddaughter of Herod the Great. This is a high flyer. She is dancing in a way that pleases the manna. All right? I don't know if there was a pole involved. <laughs> but there was some twerking going on. <laughs> no. And there was some alcohol involved. See what sin does. Now, yeah, it's the entrapment that the enemy comes. No, no, no. Just be, there's a bit of jealousy. Look, your brother's got more area. Your brother's doing better than you. Take your brother's wife. All right. Now you're getting called out for the adultery that you're doing. You're getting called out for that. The next thing you're having a party and there's alcohol flowing. What does the Bible say in drunkenness there is? Rivery, I can't pronounce it. I stumble over that one. Los bandigheid in Afrikaans. Okay? 
Somebody help me with that. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Exactly like that. <laughs> okay. So now there's entanglement happening. I've got this sin of adultery. I have got this jealousy going. And now there's drunkenness. And here comes this young lady. She's about 17 years old, 18 years old. And she is doing the dance of the seven scarves. Okay. And this guy no longer thinks with his brain. All right. And he says to a young lady, I will give up to half my kingdom to you. All right. I know many a men that's gone to the Midrand theater and spent way too much money on that type of thing because they weren't thinking with their head anymore. See, they're entrapped and the enemy is just luring them in, luring. And it started with a, oh, my brother's got, he's got more areas than I have. Oh, his wife is beautiful. I'll take her. It's Are you understanding? Then he goes to war and he loses his war. And suddenly the enemy is coming into his life and taking and taking and taking and more and more entrapped and, and entrapped this person. So eventually, remember, all of this starts off by seeing Jesus. And you say, oh, John the Baptist has come back. I thought I dealt with my sin by killing it. You see, by killing sin, you don't deal with sin. I want you to get this. Just, just get this. If you stop doing whatever you're doing wrong today, you have not dealt with your sin. You've stopped. You're not cleansed. Are you following? If you are stealing money, even at five rand, and you stop stealing money, Okay, you're not cleansed of that sin. You've just stopped doing that sin. You've just, if you stay together, unmarried, and to, you get married, and nothing has changed, and there was no pause, and everything has just been the same, you've stopped your sin. You're not cleansed of it. See, Herod has killed the, the voice of righteousness. He's killed it. And here comes Jesus, and he says, oh, I killed my sin, but it ain't gone. He's still convicted in his, in his inside. This is coming out nice. Are you guys enjoying it? Everybody still here? Not too hard? Not too harsh? Okay. All smiling? Fantastic. Okay, so on his birthday... This young daughter, and when Herodias' daughter herself came and danced and pleased Herod, and the, those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. And he swore to her. Yes, Brad, thank you so much. Huh? Guys, we mustn't swear. Whatever you ask, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, Herodiana, ne? What shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And immediately she came with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorry. What was he sorry about? His vow. He made an oath. Don't make an oath 
Brad had to come and speak to me this week. He showed me something with Scripture. He corrected me. I thanked him so much. I'm so glad because sometimes we miss that. We miss something. You're not allowed to make an oath by heaven or by this or by that. Did your yes be your yes and your no be your no? Okay. Otherwise, there's manipulation in any case. Besides that, you it's just wrong. And he was also embarrassed because he's sitting with all these rich men, all these rich people, and he didn't really want to kill John the Baptist because he enjoyed John the Baptist's conversation. And he put him in jail to protect him from this woman. And Jezebel got away to get into him. And she put her own daughter. You go in a, you go cheapen yourself. This is a parent tip. Get your girls to dress proper. It is not acceptable. Low cleavage, short shorts, open tummies. It is not acceptable. Your child is valuable. And there are men out there perving on your daughter. And you bought the clothes. Come on. I'll look, walk on the beach and I see those girls on the beach. It's not just the bikini. It's the lack of bikini that they've got. I mean, the bikini's got to cover something, but these girls don't have a full bikini. I don't know what. It's a bikini. <laughs> you know? I mean, if I had a daughter, she would never walk on the beach in a bikini. She'll have shorts on. Take the shorts off, go swim, come back, put the shorts on. Thank you very much. That's how it will be. End of story. Kla. I don't care how fast the speedo makes you, my boy will never compete in a speedo. <laughs> no, he won't. No. You just won't. Thank you. And it's like, you, as timekeepers, you're like, where must you look? <laughs> look at the light. <laughs> You've got to look at the light when it goes. So you just don't look at the light. Beep. <laughs> don't look at the, you know, it's, it's, no. And who bought the clothes? Who bought the clothes? The parent. Who's parenting now? The child or the parent? Oh, but it's fashion. It looks nice. I don't care. You are valuable, and we cover what is valuable. Why do we want to see how little we can wear when Adam and Eve try to cover as quickly as possible? You see, the world is doing better and transferring their values to our children than we are. Are you following? The world is doing a better job saying this is fashionable, this is sexy, this is nice. This... No, 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 sorry, sorry. And then we wonder why our country is the rape capital of the world. Cover yourself. I mean, just the thought of another man perving over my child, it upsets me. And it ought to upset you too. Huh? I mean, I, when I get out of my car and I see a man look at my wife, I'm like, excuse, what are you looking at? I'm immediately, it's mine. And all men have the same struggle, but it's a belief. Don't do it so obvious, man. That's my fro. I'm going to punish you. you just, I, I just want to get mala. <laughs> I believe it's the heart of God. Because God is a jealous God. He's jealous of you. And he doesn't want the other gods to even look at you. 
You see, that's why he says, put on the armor of God, walk in the light of God, stand in his shadow so that no one else can see you. No one else can perv on you. You belong to the king of kings. We learn to parent from the Lord. He covers us. We ought to cover our children. And immediately she came and, uh, with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oath, because of those who sat with him, uh, and he did not want to refuse her. Okay, so now his self-esteem, his dignity, his worthiness, all down the tubes. It started with jealousy. It started while I want that woman. If only I have that man. If only I have that woman. That's language that we live in. Now get that. Now it's wrong. And it's entrapment. And then there's this entrapment. Now he kills that. And he thinks he's finished with that sin. But that sin keeps on accusing him. And now I go into a different lifestyle. And I start drinking and having parties. Trying to impress the rich and the famous of my area. And the businessmen. Because now I'm important. Now I'm important. No, still not. Now I make vows and I go into a place where I get drunk. I get young ladies to dance for me. I go into a different form of adultery. Now I'm important because all the manas see this young poppy, but for you dance. The dance is for you. Now I'm important. No, still not. So I, I, I brag and I make an oath. It's like, now I put, and suddenly all these mana look at you and say, if you got the guts to kill that man and to get more esteem, to try and fill up the void on the inside. You see, woe to a country when a, when a slave becomes a king. Because you'll use the riches of that land to fill the void on the inside. Now, that's not just a political thing, a leader thing, or anything. It is a home thing. I'm speaking to the mana. Woe to the man who still thinks like a slave and he becomes the king of his house because he will use the resource of his house to fill his need. And it will be all about him. And there's no sacrificial love in there, there's no serving his spouse and his children. See, getting the nice wife and having the nice car, and all of that does not fill the void when you are still in agreement with the father of lies. If you still think like a slave. Come on, Wednesday nights, I'll teach you something. All right. When you still think like that, because there's a void that can only be filled by God. I want you to see at the end of this text what happens. It is such a beautiful picture of what happens. And they brought him, and immediately the king sent the executor, commanded the head to be brought, and went and beheaded him in prison. Brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. And when the disciples heard of this, they came and took away his corpse, laid it in the tomb, and then the apostles gathered Jesus, gathered to Jesus and told him the things both both what they had done and what they had taught. At this time, and if we go back to Matthew, where we are, that we, we, which we're working through, Matthew 14, at this time, remember Jesus is in his own country. Because he says in verse 57 or verse chapter 13, a prophet is not without 
honor except in his own country, in his own house, and he did not do many works there. So Jesus was in Nazarene at this moment in time. I want you to get this. If you stop your sin, you're not cleansed from it. Jesus cleans. You can stop. You can repent all by yourself. And there are many people that do that. And the, the problem with that is they can easily walk into pride. I stopped doing that. Me. My life. I used to kick the dog. Now I just scold it. Okay. I am better. And there's a self-righteousness that comes in. And there's place for pride. When you stop with sin, okay, it's still there. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses. It's the blood of Jesus that redeems, that makes us white as snow. So Jesus says to them, let us then go to Galilee. Where they went via. Here's what, what happened. This happened in Galilee, the area where Herod Antipas was in charge. This is where it happened. Jesus was over here in Samaria. They told him, what does he do? Let's go. We're going to go through the desert. But Jesus comes to the rescue of those that seek him. Jesus comes to your rescue. John the Baptist is dead. There's on the cards always. That's okay. But his disciples had to see him not run from fear. Because of fear. He said, you tell that fox. You tell him, I'm coming. And on the third day, I'll be perfect. You go tell fox, that fox, I'm healing and I'm doing miracles. And on the third day, I'll be perfect. What's he saying? While I'm alive, I'm coming. and I'm bringing righteousness and I'm healing. But I will go to the cross and I will die. And I will make this right. I'll make it perfect. You see, you and I, when we need forgiveness, we have to go to Jesus. You can't kill your sin. You're entrapped. We get entrapped so easily. Jesus comes to the entrapped. He comes to them. Jesus was, was he there for, for Herod as well? Did he die for Herod as well? For his sin as well. For the murderer, the adulterer, let's call him a pedophile. Did he die for him too? Yeah. See, it doesn't matter how big the entrapment is. Jesus comes to the rescue. He's not a God that runs away. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation is. It doesn't matter how high you fly or how low you are. Jesus is a hero. The Bible describes him as the champion of the world. Do you know that? He's the champion. The God of the breakthrough. The Lord of hosts. The commander of the armies of heaven. The champion of heaven. There's not a cowardly fiber in his body or in his being. He comes to the rescue. 
Therefore, the scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. None of us is so far away and so entangled and so entrapped that he can't save us or reach us. And none of us can be so self-righteous that we don't need his blood. You know, some people are proud of their humility. <laughs> you understand? Let's get the communion shared out. Kit, help you get also. Let's hand out the communion. Brad, please come play um, that last song again. We're going to sing that song, I Surrender. As they hand out the communion. I hope this has inspired you. I hope this has been like a, stirred you up. That it doesn't matter what's happened the last week or the last month or where you failed. You and I cannot be as far entrapped as Herodas, as Antipas in this thing, situation. And yet, Jesus is there for us. And I hope you, you're humble enough this morning to say that even though I for, I've stopped Here something, I, I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. And Jesus' blood and His body, that is what makes us perfect. When he said it's finished, tetalestai. See, I won the war. I paid the price. It's perfect. Same thing. Jesus keeps on saying the same thing to us. When we accept him, that sets us free. That gives us the ability to go forward in life. And to mark clar, to finish up with the things that have held us down. So it's not like this antipas be caught up in our own jealousy and the entanglement of the enemy. Maybe some of us feel entangled like that. This morning is the morning. All you have to do is say, Jesus, help. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. He will not let you suffer. There's not a father here that if his son cries out for help, will walk past him. None of us are better than God. He will not walk past us. He is our father. And I will ever love Trust him and in his presence. Just close our eyes as we pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your presence right now. Lord, and maybe we've done it a hundred times and maybe we've never done it. But this morning, fresh and new, we want to come to you. Would you pray after me? Dear Lord Jesus. I believe with my heart that you died on a cross. That you took my sin and you defeated death. And you rose again 
victorious. Paying the price in full for me. That body that was broken for my sickness, I eat now. Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. Jesus, Your blood that was shed for me for my sin, that washes me white as snow, that cleanses me of my sin, sin that takes it away. You were killed for my sin. That blood, I drink now. Thank you for making me white as snow. I believe that you are Lord. Lord, come and transform us. Come and reveal us. Lord, we sing. We want to know you more. We want to see you more. We want to reveal more. We want to come today and surrender. Surrender our entanglement at your feet. And cry out, Jesus, save me. Won't you stand and we sing this song one time? Lord to Jesus, I surrender all. To Him I freely give. And I will ever love. And trust Him and in His presence daily live. And I surrender all. And I surrender, I surrender all. <clears throat> And all to Him, my, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Won't you stand with your, just, with your hands open to receive? I just want to bless you this morning. Father, I come and I bless your children as ambassador of heaven. I bless your children with the love of our Lord God. The love that is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. By the grace of our, our Lord Jesus, I bless you with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that accompanies you. And the fellowship, the tender, sweet voice of the Holy Spirit that was given to us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee.